Hello, and welcome back to Hairwatch 2020. I am uh, your host, Alex Adams. <laughs> I guess we are saying our last name on this podcast. Anyway, Jake's wearing a towel around his head, so who the, <laughs> fuck, is, who does, who the fuck does he think he is? It's I, I need to buy some like bandanas, because my hair is getting outrageously long, and I don't like always wearing hats, because they kind of hurt my head after a while. So I think I need to. I think I need to just go on Amazon and find like a twenty pack of various colored bandanas. Um, we are uh, in episode ninety eight. This is uh, the weekly recap uh, from quarantine for week three in a row. At this point, I want to say yes. Yeah, it's the third week. Yep, we are in the that. third week of quarantine cast. And uh, we are really just barely scraping by at this point, right? In terms of content, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's literally not a fucking thing going on. No, there's some great things going on in the craft beer world, though. I feel like there's a lot of people that are just doing their stuff and really just kicking ass at it. Fair enough. Let's get into it, then. All right. So, so big news this week... Uh, as a little addendum to last week's episode is, um, Nick was right. What? Yeah. Nick was right (laughs) for one (laughs) full pint Our our friends at full pint, um, are, are not closed yet. They are selling out of their stock of beer, which is great. So you'll still be able to see it, um, around the city, I think somewhere. Hopefully I can find white lightning somewhere so that I can uh, get it and hold on to it until this quarantine is over and then we can all drink it together. Hell yeah. Um, so I will be keeping my eyes peeled on that. And then they are also uh, looking for someone to buy the brewery, which uh, this, is a, this is a PSA to all uh, brewery owners that listen to this or anyone that's friends with the brewery owner. Go buy them because uh, if if you, the only thing you you get from them is the recipe for white lightning, like that's really all you need. I feel like if they do get bought, it would be a scenario like uh, Rivertown and Helltown, where they'll probably still keep the brand alive. But probably, yeah, they're you know they're going to close that's down fair. the spot, or they might use the space, or you know whatever whatever it comes down to. It might be they the the brewery that buys them might move into that space if they're a smaller brewery or something like that. But again, this is all wild speculation. We have no idea. We do not have any ins with any of these places um, officially. So anything that we say on this podcast can and will be used against us, I'm sure, online. But at the same time, we're uh, we're often wrong about these things. And just want to throw that little disclosure out. So I yeah, I mean I I, I think I think we would all be excited if someone did stand up and, and buy it. It's not necessarily, I know Jake had said earlier in the week, like who's going to do it like right now. And I don't think it's necessarily a timing thing. Like I, it's not like, I mean, you had a good point saying they don't own, they probably don't own the buildings that they're, that they're, you know, working out of. So that might be an issue, but you know, equipment like recipes and stuff, I, you know, I'm sure someone will find a use for those. And one thing I do want to say is I don't know that it necessarily is because of the situation either. Like, I feel like this is something that was probably going to happen regardless of if the, the pandemic scare happened or not. Yeah. Because they, they closed down the, the Lawrenceville tap room probably a month before COVID really took a, hold of the u.s i see i thought it was even further back than that so i i don't know i might be even like i'm sure i'm sure it's been a i'm sure it's been a while like that's not like a a decision that's made like overnight you know i'm sure they were probably struggling for a while and no one no one knew um but no I, i think jake just was making a point about like the the only like time frame would be like how long they were paying for this building to store their stuff, which seems like the only logical like time constraint that they have. Plus, like I you know I don't know if any breweries are are looking to to put up all this capital right now in this tumultuous market. 
that we're in. Yeah, I can't imagine that there are a lot that are looking to spend more money right now. Right. Yeah, it's kind of a really unfortunate situation. If I mean, it seems like it wasn't because of the coronavirus issue that they closed down, but this is the worst possible time to go out of business and try to sell your business because <laughs> no one's buying right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. People aren't even, people are like, are laying people off by the dozens. You know, I'm sure that there are some breweries in that area that are, you know, cutting staff down to, you know, less than five or 10 people. Yeah. Because yeah. You're running need it right now. Full on skeleton crew or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, one thing that has been in the news, I'd say adjacent to the overall situation, is um, Samuel Adams giving out money. Have you guys heard about this at all? They're doing they're doing a uh, bar and restaurant employee um, like grant that's uh, like a thousand dollars per employee if you got laid off during the pandemic. So. I thought that was pretty cool of those guys to to get that going. There, I mean, it's obviously like done by uh, like donation and stuff like that, so it's not just them fronting the money for it. But they are basically giving like a government style stimulus check where it's like you're not paying it back or you're not you know you're you're just basically signing up saying hey I lost my job then they're going to float you a thousand bucks. So wow, yeah, thought that was pretty cool. That was in the news this week. Um, it's almost as much as the government's going to give us, <laughs> right? But yeah, kind of interesting. Um, They're a big enough company that you'd, you'd kind of expect something like that. Um, hopefully they can keep as many workers on payroll as possible uh, and not just you know float them that money because there are a lot of different things that go into it, right? And like employee health benefits and things like that. Um, but I mean, this is just, it's a very unique time for a lot of different companies and it's good that people are doing the best they can given the circumstances. Yeah. And again, you see the, you see the craft beer community pulling together overall, right? So, I mean, it speaks to the fact that they, yes, they are a bigger company, but they are still craft beer and they're still trying to, you know, do the right thing and, and support these people that are struggling way more than anybody else right now, right? Because if your entire income is based on tips and seeing people, you're being crushed right now. And that's not to say anything negative against like, you know, the first responders or the the healthcare employees or the grocery store employees that are out there every day risking their lives literally to be available for you. That's yeah. I mean, I I don't think it's, I don't think the art, like, I don't think comparing, uh, struggles to a point uh, i don't know comparing struggles in this time is 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 difficult because everyone really is struggling people are struggling uh worse than others but you know i think it's hitting everyone um like differently in some Uh, way yeah yeah any uh and any help um people can get in this time is uh is definitely appreciated i'm sure and it's it's nice to know that um a big player like that still likes to, you know, give back, um, which, you know, maybe I'll, uh, I'll pick up a, a Sam Adams six pack sometime soon, just, uh, to support the cause and to thank them for, uh, for helping out the little guys. Right. And they have uh, like a donations link and all that stuff. So I'll, um, I'll include that in the podcast description this week. Um, along with, there's a bunch of like um, really good resources around even Pennsylvania for like the virtual tip jar stuff and all that kind of um, if, if you follow along with us in any capacity, you know that um, breweries in PA does a lot of good work for supporting the local craft beer scene. So they, they have a um, master list of like all the places that you can donate and all that kind of stuff. So I'll post that too, but I think that um, it really does kind of bring us together. It does. We must support the locals. <laughs> well said. Thank you, Jake. Um, uh, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how, you know, 
this whole industry has kind of very quickly, I would, I would say, shifted to sort of like online ordering and delivery. Um, I guess it's good because um, I'm sure a lot of our friends and, and bartenders that we know are, are still able to work in doing these deliveries and stuff. And it, it seems like it's going pretty well. Like a lot of these places like are still up and running and, and still cranking out beer. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it was a pretty quick shift to like these, these people mobilize very quickly. Um, so it's good to see. Um, and we, we are still able to support them and, and practice social distancing. Yeah, that was definitely one thing that I noticed. Um, I, I don't know a lot about the, the breweries that are local to me, uh, aside from a couple that I've purchased four packs from in the past few weeks here. But from what I could tell, even just going through their Instagram pages over the last really two weeks or so, um, it looks like they set it up very quickly. And it kind of makes you think, think like why what why didn't they do it sooner um and i get that it's not uh necessarily cost effective for everybody but it just seems like a no-brainer because everybody just wants to do things online they want to get in and out quickly um i guess some people i mean there's a good number of people who you know hang around breweries and buy cans and stuff but for me sometimes i'm just looking to get something quick on the way home and if I can sit at my desk and order a four pack and then just swing by and pick it up on my way home, honestly, I'd um, be all for it. Doing uh, doing anything on company time like that is is a okay with me. Fuck capitalism. I, I you know what I mean. I mean you. Could, I I should have said during lunch. So hopefully, no one that I work with ever listens to these podcasts, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've never mentioned it to anybody that I work with. So yeah, they won't. Yeah, I think you'll be all right. Um, one thing I do have to say, I don't know that, I mean, this is still technically not like related to the online ordering thing, but it's dangerous to have people form lines at this point for anything, right? Yes. Just based on the fact that there are so many variables involved with this thing. And I don't want to call out specifically like any one particular one, but uh, Gris House did catch a lot of flack this week with the seltzer release that I did go and stand in line for. So I can't really be like the, the angry person because I did it (laughs) Um, just because it was something that my friends wanted. And I was in the area because I live 10 minutes from Gris House. So I went and stood in line for it, got the beer um, it's, it's good. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I enjoy it, but it's a hard seltzer and you shouldn't be standing in line during a stay at home order. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's the thing is I, I can't imagine that everybody is following the rules as they should, uh, for things like that. I mean, people just have to be smart about it and, and hopefully they are getting better at only accepting online orders, making sure that they're make making sure that they are keeping everybody on their property because i mean that's the thing once you're off their property you can kind of do whatever you want right and it's not their responsibility but when you hit that fence line or you know whatever is considered their property they need to have rules and they need to make sure that they're only letting in certain numbers of people like i've seen that here where you go to a target they only let a certain number of people in and everybody else is like queued up to go in and every, every person that comes out, they let one person in and you know, that's, that's really the way that you should be doing it. But again, I I think the the point of this whole conversation was the online ordering thing. Um, I want, I'm, I'm interested to see if people use it moving forward in a way that is like beneficial and that people actually take advantage of. Right. Absolutely. Because, I mean, you think about places like Dancing Gnome, like they're not going to be taking online orders for a Saturday release necessarily, but you know, if something doesn't sell out on a Saturday, why not throw it up on the website and be like, Hey, this is how many we have left. Like it doesn't seem like it's that, it's that difficult to do where you can have 
some sort of, I mean, I'm sure you could implement it through Square or, or a bunch of these like POS systems too, right? You can throw in the inventory that you have. Right. Or, uh, and I mentioned this, was it last week or maybe the week before? Um, Dewey, I think, does a really good job of their online ordering where you can get uh, like 60% of their cans online. And then once that sells out, that's it for online sales. And then you can show up at the brewery on the day it's released and stand in line if you want to. So I think it's kind of a give and take there because like a lot of people do like line life. If I'm being real honest, it's... I just, I don't see that being a big thing moving forward. No, no, no. I I, I agree. I I understand that. Even like, especially now, obviously, but even after this, I think it's going to completely change. I think people are going to be like, I don't want to wait in line if I don't have to for anything that isn't completely necessary. And I mean, you just start to think about something. I, I think once it does clear up and, and the, the risk is no longer there, you'll probably start to see people going back to that life. But I'll think twice about it for sure. Yeah. But yeah. then, but then you shit on models like uh, voodoo, right? Where, where voodoo wants to honor the person who's there every day just to be there, you know, like that. that and again, we we've talked about this at length, but at the same time, that type of model doesn't work. Like they're not releasing barrel room collection stuff online period ever. And it makes but sense like, why because not? that's, it, that's their gimmick. That's, that's what they're known for. They're known for being, very elitist when it comes to who gets to get their bottles. And I mean, I guess I get that, but at the same time, like I don't, I don't know that it's a viable business model for long-term or for everyone. Right. Yeah. It's just gonna, it, it, again, it'll be interesting to see in the immediate aftermath of something like this, how stuff changes because People are going to be hesitant to to stand in lines and be around people all the time. I yeah. think following this, and you know, it might take a year or two before people feel completely comfortable back to the the way that they felt, even you know, in December. Uh, I, don't, I, just, I just I don't I, see. You need, I think that they need to be uh, able to adapt and and and. I, I just think it's going to change. I, I really do think it's going to change. I don't think that you're going to see people like flocking places and, and waiting in lines to do all of this stuff. I think you know, you're going to see exactly the opposite care. of that. No, I, I absolutely disagree. I, well, so I, I, I tend to agree with Jake because I think, um, I, I, it, not, not because I, I think people will be wary. Um, because people are just like fucking itching to to get out and like this is why we're going to be stuck in the situation we're in for so long because as soon as the weather is nice again people are going to be fucking outside and it's still going to spread and it's going to probably get worse and because because like no one gives a shit like no one thinks it's going to affect them well anyway, that's and that's the thing people are people are trying to beat the system in it, it, a time it, it, where it, it, People, that's yeah. dangerous. People think that like the rules don't apply to them when that's so far from the truth. It's like, no, you like, you shouldn't be doing anything right now. Like, like just because you think like, Oh, I'm fine. I feel fine. Like I can go out and like, you know? Yeah. I think maybe, maybe part of the reason I'm saying what I'm saying is that I hope that people are smarter about it because that, that type of stuff is what, got us in this situation in the first place is people waiting in lines or going to really crowded bars and, and not caring about it when they knew that it was happening. And I, I guess, you know, you could make the argument that this is a very unique situation. Like you're not going to see this kind of disease all of the time. Or but I, I just, I mean, I, for, for my own health and safety and stuff, I'm, you know, I will think twice about about being around so many people all the time. So I mean, I'm already thinking about it. I mean, f- for me, anyway, going back to like my 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 original point here, um, it it just doesn't seem like 
at least in the city of Pittsburgh, which is what we generally focus on, like, I don't think lines are, like, really a thing anymore. Like, it doesn't seem that, like, common. And, you know, at least not like it was, you know, a year and a half ago when we stood in line for double Lustra. Like, imagine standing in line for double Lustra now. Like, that, that, like, is not going to happen anymore. Right. No, I get that. But it's not even just that. It's like, you know, I think, I, I think breweries here have just, have just picked up production. Like, they don't really, they don't really limit you. Um, or they don't like limit how much they release. They kind of just release whatever they have. And it's, it's usually a lot. I don't know. I, I, I maybe because I have, I've been avoiding like doing the whole line thing where I just don't think it's, it's really there anymore. I just, I think it was declining for a while and I just, you know, I, I just don't think that it's, it's going to be a thing moving forward. Not because I think people are going to be scared of, of, contracting illness but because it's just you know because the, these all the players in pittsburgh are just getting bigger and um are able to keep up with demand more than they were before and that's fine but i also see the value in getting together with your core group of you know and i'm going to use dancing gnome as the example because it's the easiest one to get to your core group of dancing gnome fanboys who want to hang out and share the beers that they got from all over the country last weekend, waiting for that release on Saturday or uh, a rare bottle that comes out or whatever, you know, like that kind of thing is going to still happen. There is no way you're going to stop that. Yeah. But I, I just, I see it going in a different direction. I think this is going to be like sort of the impetus for, people doing different types of releases and, and doing raffles and stuff like that, as opposed to, and like, you're going to, you're going to be loyal to the people who are there all the time and are spending a lot of money. And that's the, the, the thing about dancing gnome and, and a lot of these other places where you have that group of people who is there constantly is they know who they are. Right. And if there's like a raffle or something, they're going to make sure that the people who have been good to them or the people who are the regulars get an opportunity to buy the beer. But I don't know. I think, I think it's the, the online route is, is now like fully open for a lot of these places. And I think that I personally, I think they should take advantage of it because I think it's a very powerful tool and it'll help them. uh, I think sell more beer. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do online sales. Like I absolutely agree that online is the way to go, but you also have to have that, that buzz, that fan base, that, that core group that is going to line up for your beer. I think that that is a, a part of the industry and albeit it's not everybody, right? It, it, it definitely doesn't have to be like Shubru is releasing, uh, the, another pixelated beer tonight at 10 PM. Now it's 11 o'clock. We're recording this now, but at 10 p.m., they release a beer online that you can jump on and, and pre-order for pickup tomorrow. But they're not the they're not the type of brewery that has 50 to 80 people in line for a beer, right? Like they're they're the type of brewery that is going to get a little bit of hype at first, but they're still gonna you're still gonna be able to walk up to that place tomorrow and order a four pack of it, you know? So I think that it, 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 it gives that it gives the, the standard, you know, release brewery a better fighting chance to get more business. But I think that these these hype breweries, these, you know, other half and the veil and places like that, they're they're gonna see kind of a blending of the two where you might have some online sales, but you're still gonna rely on people coming in or or being excited about being there early or, you know, showing up the night before. I don't think that you're going to have like the, the Burley Oaks where people are showing up at, you know, 5 PM the day before to line up for a release the next day at 10 AM or something like that. But even like uh treehouse, right? Treehouse used to have lines around the parking lot, 
like looped three times and shit like that. Now, yeah. because their production is up, they can accommodate more people and still get everybody the beer that they want. So it, it, it's a, it's a balancing act for sure. But at the same time, I think that there's a lot of finesse that needs to go into it because you don't want to alienate the person that wants to stand in line. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think that's a, I think that's a good point. Um, yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be a hybrid approach. Um, I just think ultimately they're going to find a, a, a more efficient way of doing things. I think, I mean, you look at a place like Treehouse too. I just, I, I, as you were talking there, I didn't really catch everything you were saying. So hopefully I don't sit <laughs> up on your toes. Um, I, I was doing reconnaissance as he was speaking about, uh, about Treehouse, Right. And they, they were doing contactless pickup, right. As a lot of people are doing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You have to you at this drop point. it off. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of smart people that work at these breweries, right? These people aren't idiots. No, I no. Think, I think that, you know, eventually this is just part of, uh, sort of the growth of the industry is like how, you know, how can we best serve the needs of our customers, uh, and main, you know, make sure that everybody is safe because I don't know. It's not like you can only get the coronavirus. Like you can, you, people can be sick and give you the flu and, and, and a bunch of different stuff. Right. So I don't know who's to say it won't happen again. And, and I think it'll be good that they're sort of getting this experience so that they can prepare for it. Uh, you know, next time. Yeah, I guess that's the, uh, the only, the only issue I see moving forward is like when all of this is lifted, which there truly is no end in sight right now. So it's good that everyone was able to, to, to make these changes and, and mobilize as quickly as they could. Like, I don't know how many, people are actually willing to to like just do online ordering like i know like you you see all of these places doing like drive up and like like curbside pickup for like giant eagle target walmart shit like that um i don't i i would be interested to see how many people like in the like getting craft beer are are doing that um, I just can't imagine that like when they are back at full capacity, like people having enough staff to be doing that. So like, I think it, it might be just filling a need in the meantime, while this is the only way for people to get their product. Yep. Um, you know, I, I tend to think this may not be as big as you think moving forward. One of the, but, one of the, um, premier examples of that is brew gentlemen because their their whole mantra for a long time was well we're not just going to throw a, a sticker on a can and write our beer on it but that's exactly what they're doing now and it's so that they don't waste product right like they they said this they're like barring any sort of like global crisis we're never going to just slap our name on a can and hand it to you. And this is a global crisis. And so that's what they're doing. Like that's, that's one thing that like they got right. I would say, cause like we've talked about them at length for a number of, uh, for two years now, basically about how they handle their business. Right. And they're doing a fantastic job of getting beer into their consumers' hands. Just it's just crawlers. All you do is you call in, or no, I'm sorry, you fill out a form online. They call you and you place your order, and then you go and pick it up either same day or next day. Uh, whenever I did this a couple weeks ago, or no, about a week ago. Um, they were back ordered by like 48 hours. So if you put in, if you put in the form on, let's say Thursday, they weren't calling you until Saturday and saying, Hey, what do you want your order to be? So you can pick it up on Sunday. Like that's not a good way to plan anything. If I'm being real honest, but now they have the system down, they're catching up and they're kicking this system's ass. Honestly, they're, they're, basically like you can place an order and have it ready in an hour. Like 
and for someone like Brew Gentleman who has the clout that they have, who has the uh, the following that they have, they they made this system work for them. So it's already, impressive yeah, to see like the the flexibility of a business like that. You know, I don't even know if it's yeah. Well, they were just prepared. Like, they weren't though. They That's to- the thing. They had to borrow a crowler machine from a bar in Greensburg called Marino's, right? We've talked about them before. They had to borrow the crowler machine from Marino's just to be able to make it. And then they ran out of 32 ounce growlers or crowlers. So what they did was they printed, they 3d printed a part to fit the crowler machine to make it so that they could fill. So, uh, I think it's 750 milliliter. So it's like 25 ounces. But they were able to get 25-ounce crowlers instead of the 32-ounce ones. And so they fit this piece to the machine to make it work for them. So they're really just busting their ass to get their product out there. And I think it's super impressive. That's pretty dope. Absolutely. 3D printing. Well, I think we've sufficiently... We've sufficiently uh, drawn the line in the sand, so I guess we'll see. We'll see over the next, uh, you know, eight, twelve to eighteen to twenty-four months. How, Check back. Uh, yeah, we'll update how exactly the the industry changes. And, and I that's think- really just one of many things that I think will come of this. Uh, I don't. I don't have any other real ideas off the top of my head, but. This is causing everybody to rethink everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now they have down it. Now they have some downtime. I mean, this goes across industries, you know, people are just are figuring out, you know, how can we be more efficient? Can we save money? This is kind of maybe opening some avenues that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. Cause we weren't forced to, to work this way. I mean, you, I think you'll start to see people having the luxury of working from home, trying to save money where they can, that type of stuff. I mean, it's, uh, there are so many things that are going to come of this that I think we'll still be seeing three, four, five years down the road. But yeah, um, that's what's cool about about you know the again the craft beer industry is filled with a ton of very intelligent, very uh, driven people, and and they'll continue to uh, you know find the best way of of you know communicating and interacting with the people that support them. Yeah, and I, I think, think that's just, that's what I love about it. Very well. I would said. say it's even it's even more broad than that because there are other industries being affected by this, obviously. But I think that there's going to be a lot of change in the culture of how you do business. I, I think our entire lives will change following this. Yeah, no, absolutely, and they should. Honestly, we're we're in a we're we're living through a historic event. And, and yeah. I think that you don't... It's definitely a turning point in our society, for sure. I don't think that a lot of people grasp that. Or, I, I, okay, I don't want to say a lot of people, because I think a lot of people are doing the right things. I think a lot of people are staying home. A lot of people are avoiding contact with other people. A lot of people are just going out when they need to and stuff like that. But I think that there's, a, there's still a vast part of the population that is just going about their daily lives and, and really just not grasping the severity of the situation and how this is going to ripple through generations of like how you do business and, and how you interact with people and how you reach people and what can be done at home or what can be, what can be done in the U S versus globally. And you know, that kind of thing, like there's a far reaching implication to all of this. And I, I mean, we're not a political podcast. We're not a industry podcast. We're, we're strictly here for the beer, but at the same time, like there's a lot of good that comes out of this. And there's a lot of bad that you see in the bad people. Like, (laughs) I I don't know. I just, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like pontificating about this, but I think that uh, no, I think it's just magnifying like a lot of a lot of like gaping faults in our society and how our society is run. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, but you know, yeah, the uh, the craft beer industry is really a beacon for how to keep going in a time yeah. like this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
All right, well, uh, shifting gears here a little bit, um, this is going to be mostly for me and Jake next, so feel free to chime in if you if you want. But I wanted to um, posit a question to Jake here and see if uh, he can give me a, an answer uh, from the hip. Uh, so I have now almost entirely finished two cases of White Claw, um, both the original uh, variety pack and the new variety pack. I don't, Jake, I don't know if you've had the new variety pack. I don't think you have. You have not? No, I have not. Okay. Well, you've at least had mango, so you at least have five options. Unless you, have you had the pure, the, like, the, the non- No, I haven't had the plain water flavored one either. That sounds atrocious. It's pretty gross, yeah. Um... Our mom and dad's neighbor just mixes it with vodka, so like he makes a a stronger uh, <laughs> vodka soda. <laughs> anyway, um, so I'm gonna give my power ranking. I'm just gonna do three because I need to to sit and rank the rest of them <laughs> because I I only really have three that I'm like kind of vibing with right now. So number one. Uh, on my list is Tangerine. Uh, it is uh, it is doing what the other girls are not doing. Um, it is giving me it is giving me citrus. It is giving me um, a very strong citrus flavor. Um, it's it, it's very flavorful. Uh, number two, this was close. So one and two are very close in my mind. Like it it was hard to to decide. Uh, number two is raspberry. Uh, number three as of now is mango. So those are my top three. Um, Jake, do you have, do you have opinions? Do you have thoughts? I know you haven't had tangerine, but you have had raspberry and mango. So, you know me, I'm a big LaCroix guy. Uh, I've been, I've been converted in the last, uh, about year of my life because they just stocked LaCroix in the company fridge for, the entirety of my time in in Oregon. Um, I still don't think that they're all that good. I've I have a lot of thoughts. We can, we can have a Lacroix podcast uh, some other time. Uh, it's it's a travesty that you omitted natural lime from your your top three okay, rankings because natural lime is listen. <laughs> I'm currently drinking natural lime and it does not hold a candle to those other three that I mentioned. The flavor is just not there. It's not there. It slaps. Uh, It needs to be giving me more and it's just simply not doing that. I'm, I'm just baffled. It's, it's delicious. It's, it's one of the ones that you can drink a lot of because it really, I mean, it's just like drinking, you know, a glass of water with like with a lime in it or for me you know what i liken it to is you know effectively it's a gin and tonic minus the gin with a little bit of alcohol or it's it's a beefed down gin and tonic and i love gin and tonics i guess without the pine flavor so that's a really not a great uh great comparison there you don't like pine (laughs) no i do like pine oh uh, i love gin and tonics i'm just saying like the, yeah. Obviously, the, no, the white claw. This is nowhere. This is nowhere near a gin and tonic. I don't know what you're talking. So, about. I'm going to say something completely outrageous, uh, and I think that most people will probably disagree with me. Grapefruit is not bad. Lies. And false. False. Because I've always loved grapefruit. I like eating it. I like drinking uh, red grapefruit. It really doesn't taste all that bad, especially after you've had like six. Then you're good to go. Um, raspberry is obviously it's got to be in the top three. Um, it's so I think good. I just need to do I just need to do uh, a week where I I try. So th- do they make what twelve packs? Yes, you get three 12. of each. So it's three of each flavor, correct? <sighs> yeah, I mean I, I don't necessarily disagree like i'm sure that tangerine is fire because y- you know me big citrus guy uh Jake big oj guy huge citrus guys that's why we go huge citrus guys yeah 
That's why we go for the IPAs. The the, the uh, New England style. The Hayes boys. Um, the Hayes boys, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, the the glaring omission that is natural lime is really my biggest thought. Um, but I, again, I, I, I have stand, not had... I stand by my decisions. I just uh, want to yeah. chime in here and say sure. that I have to listen to this again. Yeah. Nick, if yeah. you're going to sit here and hate on White Claw, then I, I don't know if we can be brothers anymore. I'm not hating on it. I just don't drink it. Listen, you should. It, like, you know, I, I just, I, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I need something other than beer and White Claw is just so incredibly refreshing. And when we were down in uh, West Virginia, it's so goddamn cheap down there. So I like had to, I had to invest. I get it. Don't get me wrong. I understand not always drinking beer. I'm just looking back. Uh, I, I guess it is pretty expensive, so I'm not sure if I would have I would have bought it in college. But can you imagine if White Claw was popular with like when we had just turned 21 or were in college? How much we would have consumed? Yeah, so much. Anyway, that was like so- when I was in college. It was Smirnoff Ice. So oh, wow. Yeah. So that's a good like call, that's actually there. They're fairly similar. I, I mean, not really, because obviously White Claw is lighter and it's a completely different type of alcohol. But well, yeah, but but I mean, flavor-wise, like, and and Smirnoff was huge, and like icing was really big. Like, I'm sure it was big when you were in college, and then it came back when people were like, "Oh, we're gonna hide this bottle and watch watch this guy chug it." Yeah, and then we went to my friend's wedding last uh, September. And uh, Alex and our friend Andy like put a a bottle right in front of my face, and they were like, "Hey, hey, look, look up at the bottle. Look up at the bottle. Like, it's what, what do you see there?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's a Smirnoff." You're and like, like oh, you're drink lying. it! Oh happen. my god, it's not how it works. <laughs> it that way. No, that's that's a terrible icing. But you're I remember, lying. like, I need to clarify this. The whole point of icing is to hide it, make sure that somebody finds it, and then they have to drink it. Right. And we used to do that shit. You know, like, so Jake, I, we, we used to do like an, an or, or I mean, we still do, but we, we did like an annual vacation with the guys. Right. And we would always buy a six pack of Smirnoff ice, just regular flavored, not like, not like, you know, raspberry or whatever, anything like that. Just the regular Smirnoff ice. And we would hide it throughout the week. Right. Cause we'd, we'd go for like a, a long weekend, like a Thursday to Monday or something like that. And, that was like the, the play was like, if you could get the one person who hated it or was like, you know, angry about it to get, to find it. Or like, if, like if you pass out drunk the night before you'd wake up with a bottle of it next to you and it'd be warm and you'd have to, you'd have to wake up and drink it right away in the morning. And it's just fucking foul. So yeah, I mean, I get the idea of white claw. I just, I've never had it. You've never had it? No. Oh my god. No, right, I've well, never had it. No, I, I mean I, I don't mean over. that as like a that's not like a flex either. Like I I've just never had the opportunity to try it. Whenever uh whenever <laughs> we're going to do teams over and so. I finally come back, we're going to do we're just going to sample both four packs. All right, I'm down. Some of them are good. I think some of them are very good. I'm not like saying that I'm opposed to it. I'm just saying that I have no dog in this fight because I've literally yeah. never tried it. Yeah. Have you tried any sparkling hard water, Nick? Um, so I, the only one that I can really say is that I've, I've had the grist house. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> seltzer. Uh, but I, I, I've also had the, uh, the answer seltzer from the, the episode that okay, we did with Trevor. That was, that was not a seltzer. Right. Because it's not clear and not water. That was a sour. Like right. it wasn't anything close <laughs> to a, a seltzer. Like, exactly. I, I, I don't understand why they called it that, but oh well. So yeah, stay tuned for uh, our post quarantine uh, white claw episode because I'm super stoked about that. Uh, and now uh, I'm going to say this: I will not drink a white claw until that episode. Then that's fine. 
You sure. weren't going to do it anyway. Well, no, I mean, I wouldn't go and buy it myself, but I, I'm pretty sure I've literally never had it. I'm sure, I'm sure you have it. That's great. We get to all experience it together. Yeah. So, um, bombing experience. speaking of themed episodes. Yeah, sure. We have, uh, we have one coming up here soon. Now, Alex, I don't know if, uh, if we're going to be able to get together for episode 100. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, just, uh, you know, uh, to set an example for all of our listeners and also just because I, I don't want to put anyone at, uh, more risk than they, than they would without me, you know, um, we'll see, but, but yeah, so we have our, our hundredth episode coming up, which is kind of a huge deal. Um, we've been doing this for, it's been a little over two years. Um, uh, and it's been a no. It's not quite two years. Next week will be two years. Officially? Yep. April fifteenth, wow. tax day. Wow, that's right. I should remember that. Anyway, so we're <laughs> uh, we're getting close to, to to two years. I can't believe we're we're that close to like we. How many weeks have we skipped? Like it's four. Literally four. That's insane. That's absolutely insane to me. But anyway, yeah, so uh, we're going to try our best. We could probably do like a no contact pickup. You give me some beer and then we just try it like virtually. <laughs> um, or we could just social distance in my house and I, well, make that work. But I'm sure we could, but whatever. We'll talk about it later. But um, yeah, so... Uh, we will be trying some uh, Pittsburgh classics, uh, I would say. Yeah, I don't uh, think flagship Pittsburgh is the right term for this experience. Yeah, um, yeah we're, uh, we're interested to, uh, to explore where we've been, where we will go from here, uh, how, we, uh, how we got to this point. I do uh, want to say... Because I did post about it this week, people have opinions about what constitutes a Pittsburgh flagship. Do they? Yes. Give us some. Give us some, uh, give us some tea, Nick. All right. So, well, let me says. let me go to the the twitters real quick here because Peters. There was a lot of feedback on this tweet, and it wasn't even like I mean I tagged a couple of people. Like I know I tagged uh, the uh, the the major ones, right? I, I tagged Cans Pittsburgh. I tagged uh, First Sip Brew Box, Fueled by Hops, Jason of uh, Breaking Brews, and uh, Hop Nation. And everybody, like, there were a lot of people that responded to this. Um, Jason was the most succinct. I will say that. <laughs> Because uh, he tagged each of the breweries that he thought would be a good drinking for this episode. Okay. So let me uh, let me just run down his list. So he said yeah. uh, Killer Diller from Spoonwood. Okay, I would sure. say yes to that one for sure. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, fourth, uh, sorry, Fourth Street from Four Points. Yeah, which is their flagship beer. I will, I will say that because they make it a ton. Uh, he also said Jubilant Haze from Noble Stein. Um, I haven't really had much from them, but what I've had is really good. Um, he said the Hoodlebug Brown from Levity. Obviously, Hazetelic Juice, great, uh, Juice Grenade from Gris House. Lustra from Dancing Gnome. Dude Wanted Juice from Yellow Bridge which is one that I always forget about, but they've done that one since they opened. Like, mm. like one of the first beers they had on tap was dude wanted juice. Um, and then uh, Bane of existence from hitchhiker. So uh, Bane, yeah, Bane. Absolutely. Uh, the yellow bridge one, I, they're not really Pittsburgh. They're like out in fucking. No. So I noble Stein is from like Johnstown. So like they're way out there, but 
I would say I would say Yellow Bridge. I would definitely still include in Pittsburgh breweries. Just okay. just based right. on the like generic Pittsburgh, right? Not not Pittsburgh proper. So I can't really say no to that. Western PA, perhaps. Right. Um, the other one is uh, the one that kept coming up was. Uh, oh shit! What the hell is it from East End? Big Hop. Mm, I don't want to drink that, so we're not going to get that. I I understand. I'm probably still going to get it anyway. The other one that everybody wanted to bring up was Gratitude from East End, which is a barley wine. And I don't know about you guys, but I never really thought of a barley wine as being a flagship beer. <laughs> um, no, in, uh, I, I think... I think most of the ones that we think of are like pails and IPAs, which I'm happy to. Well, you said, what was the, the one you suggested was Penn Pilsner, which is fine. Yeah. Penn Pilsner, um, I think is a staple to the Pittsburgh community just because Penn brewery has been around for 20 plus years. They have been honestly one of those, like the, the staple that you never think of as like the craft beer. I think Penn has really slept on. Oh, no, I agree. I think they make some great stuff. The place is great. Like, they make really good beer. Food's pretty good. I I have to agree so, so hard. Like, I love it there. The other guy, uh, the other ones that chimed in, uh, Hop Nation jumped on with uh, Penn Dark or Penn Gold. Penn Dark is, yeah. I would say probably that if I had to choose one from there. I would say of those three, I would I would probably pick pills just because I drank so much of it growing up. Like whenever I started getting into craft beer, growing up, <laughs> I've been of le- legal drinking age for thirteen years now. Okay? Growing up, growing up, so <laughs> growing up just makes you think of like I meant six year old like pounding like pen pills in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I meant at all. I meant I meant the 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 growing up in craft beer, right? sippy, sippy cup butt chug pen pills. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so yeah, Hop Nation came up with pen dark or gold. Um, East End's Fat Gary, which is a decent beer. I I don't. That's a. I think it's an amber. Okay. Um. They said uh, full pints. No TLS. I've never heard of that. So. Wait, wait, no, that's uh, Night of the Living Stout. That's what oh. I, yeah, well. sorry. Night of the Living Stout or White Lightning, obviously. And uh, God, if I can get, if I can get my fucking hands on some White Lightning right now, holy shit. Then they, they also ju- suggested Lustra, uh, Brew Gentleman's General Braddock, obviously. Um, and then uh, Camp Slap from Grist house and then the uh the one that abjuration has on currently the uh multi-amber i i think they're too new really with abjuration too new to have like a staple like did they do anything consistently well they have uh, their um Uh, their naming system is so fucking confusing to me are you guys doing squish I said, I said tracks again. Uh, I like squish better. I think squish is a more representative beer for them. Yeah. No, I, I actually, I kind of agree because squish might be the best pale ale in the city. Squish, uh, uh, from Cinderlands. Yes. Uh, yeah, but no, I would say if, if I'm thinking abjuration, I would have to say their IPA. Because they have like two, or they're on version two point five, I think is the newest one. But again, they don't they don't can a lot, and obviously you can't get there to get like growler fills right now. So it's I I just not, none of I don't know I haven't been there much. I don't think a lot of people have been there much. If we're doing some sort of like representative Pittsburgh breweries, I don't see them as that. Because well, I, we're definitely I not going to. Pretty young. At the end of the day, we're not going to sit here and chug twelve beers and be coherent enough 
to talk about them. <laughs> um, I will say, I think that we need like the core group and then like the expanded group. So we might have to split this out over a couple of episodes, but I think that's reasonable too. I don't think that that's unheard of. So I would say we may want to do like the, our top five breweries on one episode and then the top five from the expanded Pittsburgh. Yeah, sure. Realm. That's a good call. Yeah. For another episode, because at the same time, I don't want to drink Lustra first and then have general Braddock's after four beers and be like, Oh yeah. I, I remember exactly what Lustra tastes like, you know? Yeah. 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 It, it's hard. And, and I think that'll, they'll definitely deal with, uh, not deal with, um, we'll have to, to do like small samplers, at least initially. Yeah. So we're not like, we're not drinking half a beer. If we get together. Right. I would say uh, a, a sample of each. And, and then, like I said before, we can go back and revisit it and see if we can pick out which one's which. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Get some Dixie cups full of beer. I but yeah, that. I think there's, um, there's, there's a lot to say for what the brewery's known for versus the... the flagship beer because obviously East end is known for gratitude. They've been doing it for 15 years. So it's one of those beers that you, you know that East end does. And if you haven't had it, you definitely should. Cause I know I've had it. I just haven't had it recently. Yeah. But yeah. they do barrel aged versions. They do um, adjunct versions. They do all kinds of shit with it. So it's absolutely worth trying. The thing is like, it's not their flagship because they don't have it all the time. Big hop yeah. definitely is that way. Fat yeah, Gary right. is that way because you can sure. walk into any giant Eagle and get a fat Gary or, you know, like that kind of thing. So yeah, the, the definition of a flagship to us for this needs to be defined first and then we can kind of go from there. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's something we'll think about. Yeah. So um, this is, this is just the prelim. This is just kind of talking about what we're, what we're thinking for this episode. So if, uh, if anyone listening has any, uh, strong opinion spots, please, uh, tweet at us or, uh, or go on the Instagrams or yes, please uh, comment on this episode. Uh, we are going to be, um, really looking forward to, to getting some good feedback about the flagships in Pittsburgh when we do this episode. Um, if we don't do a get together and drink these beers, for episode 100, then I think we should definitely have some FaceTime guests on for quarantine episode 100. We should. We should. So That's a good idea. I think that uh, we're definitely going to have to expand this. We we might even look into like a Zoom room or something like that, so yeah. that we can really get this, uh, this get this put together. Going. Because I do want to make episode 100 special, regardless of how we do it. So if we all decide that we're healthy enough and everybody's cool with, you know, getting together for episode 100, then we'll do the, the flagship beers. If not, then what I'm thinking is we're going to get some guests on who have been on before, or maybe haven't been on before that want to come on and maybe do like three or four people on at once and try to make it as manageable as possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But at this point, I think, uh, I think we're going to wind this episode down. So, uh, Jake, do you have any uh, any thoughts as we're wrapping up episode ninety eight? Nope, I am all set. Alex, I uh, I am as well. Let's uh, let's uh, uh, put a put a bow on this on this puppy and uh, put it under the Christmas tree for the children. All right. Well, uh, then I am just going to close it out by saying thank you guys again for listening to us. Uh, we are here for you through quarantine. Um, shout out to everybody who engaged on Twitter and Facebook about the flagship beers. Please continue to give us your advice on what we should be drinking for that episode. Because honestly, we don't know all of these breweries personally. There's no fucking way that we could, honestly. So 
give us your best opinion on what we should be drinking when we go to this flagship episode. In the meantime, stay safe, stay home, drink craft beer when you can. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Hello, and welcome to the end of the podcast. You made it this far, so why not go and follow us on social media? At The Weekly Recap on Instagram. At The Weekly Recap 1 on Twitter. Or email us at theweeklyrecap1 at gmail.com. Hey,